You are now listening to the Inner Circle Podcast Network. And I am Inner Circle. No, you're not Inner Circle. And I am Inner Circle. I was not a dungeon master. I remember playing one game where you were, you were the dungeon master. Were you there that at, time at Keith's house? At Greenberg's house. And, oh, yeah. And yeah. you got all pissed off at everybody and anybody that... No, that wasn't me. With what that was Dimitri. Doing. Dimitri would be DM. like, well, a fire pit just appeared in front of you or whatever. <laughs> you just start killing fucking people off. No, Dimitri was DMing that game. Okay. But, um, yeah, so I just bitch smacked him and cast a spell where nobody could harm or I couldn't harm anybody. And basically, I just, I apologized, but he wouldn't accept the apology. Coming live from Hollywood Boulevard, pre-recorded in a portal ledge in Yosemite Valley. This is Failing Hollywood. I'm your host, Mikey T. And here with me, as always, is our paranormal fuckboy, Freddy Foot. Yo, what's up? How's it going, man? Good, good. <laughs> we have a guest today for the first time in, like, forever since, yeah. probably since before <laughs> quarantine. Um... I'm pretty excited about this one. Uh, he's a professional rock climber, uh, a really notable professional rock climber. He's also one of the best climbing documentarians, probably of all time, in my opinion. Um, according to his website, he's a god among men. We have Cedar Wright <laughs> on the show today. How's it going, Cedar? All true, all true. Yeah. <laughs> How you doing, man? knucklehead, at least. Yeah. Um, how's quarantine <laughs> going over there? Uh, as far as, like, a professional athlete goes, like, how are you doing? Um, <laughs> it's good training. Quarantine's good training, you know? Yeah. How, what are you doing um, to, like, stay strong and everything? I'm, like, a, I'm like become, like, kind of a crazy bird addict and have been working on my finger strength, and it's been really fun. My fingers are stronger than they've ever been. So just like, like I can say that honestly, like pretty much just on a hangboard or, or that's it. <laughs> that's it. I just been hangboarding. <laughs> hangboarding all day. But it's fine. Yeah. At least yeah, it, it's fine. If it's it works, like, it know. keeps strong. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's been, a, it's been a nice little respite, you know? And, uh, yeah, I've been like doing home pro you know, projects and I think, you know, my life is better than most during quarantine. That's for sure. Yeah. We, um, yeah, we, we, we just would, built, you know, I'm grateful. We built not too long ago on our property a little moon board to try to at least stay a little bit stronger ourselves and try to get something a little bit more interested in uh on our property just, just the hang hangboard yeah Are, do we have a oh, cult yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm headed that direction I'm thinking of um, I'm actually digging out a whole area on my property for a big shed and I think you know some sort of a training facility is coming if, uh, you know just I'm kind of I'm hedging my bets for the future <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Um, yeah. I'm going to get a good climbing, uh, you know, scene going on in my backyard just in case. Yeah. Have you got out at all since it's happened since the quarantine? Um, I just started rock climbing in the last few days, um, and close here to home with my wife. And, uh, but yeah, you know, I just didn't, I didn't, I had the luxury of being able to take a break from rock climbing and not stress about it. Right. And, um, and you know, and it was a, uh, yeah, it was just, a. You know, a nice, a nice break. I'm sorry, my wife is like coaching me on things I should say right now. I'm totally distracting me, and I lost my train of thought. <laughs> You're good. Well, great help, honey. What you should do is like make me read random stuff, like right when I'm trying to. <laughs> I'll, I'll make I'll make yeah. it a little easy for you. Um, so um, why don't you explain to everybody what exactly oh, yeah, you kind of do? No f bomb. So I promise. No, oh, you can say whatever the fuck you want. You can say whatever the fuck you want. 
Yeah, she's trying to train me. Especially no, about I'll your wife. If you want to curse out your wife right now, that's that'd be cool too. <laughs> no, I love her so much. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but uh, explain to everybody what exactly yeah. is you do. Uh, what is it I do? I mean, you know, I got my start as an adventure rock climber in Yosemite Valley um, and kind of lived what you'd call the dirtbag lifestyle for many years, just out of my truck and eventually working for search and rescue and just working as little as possible and climbing as much as possible. And if you're not familiar with Yosemite, it's the absolute mecca of rock climbing. And that's right. where, yeah, I started making a name for myself. I got obsessed with climbing. This is like the short version I got in filmmaking. And then eventually, you know, I started doing some pretty cool stuff in my climbing and eventually appeared in some films about climbing. And through that process of being in films, got really interested in how a film is made. And um, that's the very short version of my, you know, 20 year career in climbing and filmmaking. So the rock, the rock climbing came first then. The rock climbing came first, hundred percent. Well, um, well actually what came first is, um, you know, just going to school and studying creative writing. Right. So, you know, in some ways, you know, storytelling, you know, came even before rock climbing, you know, my mom was like way into creative writing and used to, uh, make me write for like an hour a day and stuff like that, you know? So would you say you were more into like yeah. the journalistic aspect of it? Yes, or or more of the you know an actual real, I, you know, I wouldn't call it barricade, you know, but documentary filmmaking, you know, real. I guess I you know I was interested in telling actual real stories. Yeah, documenting you know? what you were witnessing. Yeah, well, at first I was just into trying to figure out how f-stop and shutter speed work. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, which you is know, a whole thing in itself. <laughs> how to how to log and capture footage. Yeah, you yeah. Know, like all these weird technicalities of the sport of filmmaking, you know. I did the whole. I got into the whole weird thing, you know. So you from were, editing to right, um, shooting to kind of directing, producing slash just you know just basically a one man junk show for a long time. So you you appeared in a couple of films first. Oh yeah, quite a few. Um, mostly with Sender Films. Um, was the Sharp uh, Edge one that a, was before? I was in a Masters of Stone, which is legendary right. classic. It was one of the OG like climbing film, you know, serial yeah, yeah. classics of all time. And uh, yeah, that's one of my proudest proudest roles. And then I was in a bunch of Sender Film stuff. And really, Sender Films who makes all the um, classic climbing films, really, um, you know, and who does the whole real rock tour thing every year. Yeah, yeah, our yeah. Our biggest film tour in the climbing industry. Um, yeah, those guys were big influences on me because, you know, they made films about me and then we started doing these trips where it was, it just became really collaborative, you know, that kind of filmmaking always was, it was just like, you know, we, everybody was working together to get a cool film and, um, yeah. And so I just got really interested in the, the whole process and those guys are masters, not just of, you know, documenting, but then like telling the story afterwards, you know, and, uh, yeah, huge inspirations. Yeah, so you so you basically you were appearing it and you got super interested in the way they were kind of filming and you kind of just wanted to take on a couple of these projects of your own, pretty much. Sure. Well, I was I was doing kind of cool stuff at the time. I was like, you know, I was getting sent you know around the world by the North Face, going on all these crazy climbing expeditions, and you know, I was doing stuff that I thought was cool and wanted to share. That's kind of how it started, you know. And I just tried to figure out how iMovie worked, and you know, and I was like, oh, this is the coolest clip, and then I. So I came in, you know, totally randomly into filmmaking more by just wanting to document my adventures. Right. And then eventually, you know, through that, you know, I kind of came full circle to doing more of what Center Films was doing. 
where I was, you know, no longer focusing on myself and my adventures and looking at other characters and, um, yeah, documenting other people's lives. Yeah, yeah. I, I want to talk about uh, Yosemite and um, your time there for a little bit because you, um, if I'm correct me if I'm wrong, when you were in Yosemite was uh, a big kind of moving point in the kind of climate culture in Yosemite. Um, who think, were, yeah, that could be a fair, that could be a fair like statement. Yeah. yeah. Who were you? When I mean, it was a cultural. Yeah, I mean, it was a time. It was an era in Yosemite, the Rock Monkey era, kind of. Sure. Post post eighties aid climbing, you know, new school kind of speed climbing, free climbing era. Yeah, everything was kind of shifting over from aid climbing to to free climbing, and that was was that and speed and, and speed. Before yeah. that, it was speed climbing. Before it was really like the Hewers were starting to do some free stuff. And, um, and then we were all like kind of racing up El Cap at that time. Amy McNeely, Dean Potter, Timmy O'Neill, um, Miles Smart, a bunch of these kind of, I don't know, classic speed climbers of the time. Right. D- Dean Potter's actually a hometown boy. Oh yeah. We, we grew oh, up, really? we grew up in New Hampshire where I guess he spent a lot of his childhood. My dad claims yeah. to have babysit for him. <laughs> Apparently. But, <laughs> but my dad's also well, shit crazy. What's up, dad? <laughs> <laughs> hey, what's up, dad? Well, how- yeah, Dean was a legend. He was a legend. He was a you know a friend of mine and um, all time, you know, definitely one of my big influences in rock climbing was Dean Potter. Definitely, absolutely mm. legend. You know, he was the man when I came in Yosemite. I mean, or he became the man. You know, once I showed up in Yosemite, and he and was- uh, yeah, we all looked up to him. You know, was he? You've climbed with him a, a few times. Yeah, yeah, more more than a few. I climbed with Dean a lot. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so then yeah. that brings me back to this question. Uh, how, how was that experience, uh, of your time there and the people you met, um, did, th- did all that change basically who you've grown to be now? I mean, yeah, I mean, definitely. Yeah. I mean, it was, I mean, everybody who I've met along the path has changed me in some way, but that was like a formative era, you know, that was a big stage in my life where I you know, dedicated the whole, you know, kind of ripe part of my adulthood into the you know, art of rock climbing in Yosemite Valley and met all these legendary characters in that time. And it was, you know, it was very influential. You know, a lot of really hardworking, very dedicated, obsessive, you know, quirky people who, yeah, who I cherish for having known, you know, so many characters, you know, and not just the ones, you know, the name drops, but a lot of, um, a lot of, uh, more obscure humans, you know, in that scene. Sure. And my buddy, my buddy, Brian K, Coiler K, man, who gave me my, uh, Yosemite nickname, Mr. Magoo. Mr. Magoo. You know? <laughs> yeah. Because I climbed blindly. I had glasses and I climbed blindly into adversity, you know. And uh, as they said. <laughs> well, yeah, you, you, and, you started your climbing yeah. career there pretty much? Uh, not, not exactly. I started up in, uh, in, in Northern California while I was going to school, oh, okay. you know, Humboldt State. Um, I was, yeah, going to school up there, studying creative writing, and I went out to the beach and in one of my first years up there, I think my second year in college, and uh, saw these people climbing on the beach, and I thought it looked like the most outrageous, cool thing I'd ever seen, you know? I mean, I kind of knew what rock climbing was, but it was the first time in a long time that I'd seen it in person. I was just like, ooh, I want to do that. Yeah. <laughs> what year What years was this? Whew, I don't know. <laughs> Mid-90s. Oh, okay. I don't know. Something like that. Early mid-90s. So now you're you're a member of the North Face climbing team. You explore for National Geographics and contribute a little bit to the climbing magazine. Um, yeah, I think that's all fair. Yeah. Okay. With this, um, you filmed all over the world and pretty much in every single continent. 
Um, mm-hmm. Are you the one who comes up with and plans most of these expeditions or in the documentaries, or is it something that one of the sponsors or whatever kind of hand to you as a project? Well, it's, it's sort of, I mean, it's a collaborative thing, you know, I mean, obviously you, um, depending on, you know, what you're doing, you know, every, every project's different, you know, but these big North Face trips are, you know, they're big North Face trips where you, you know, you're going to probably super amazing exotic place and with a dream team of partners and, and probably someone who's going to document it all, you know? And sometimes it's, you. um, <laughs> It's just every every time it's it's different, you know. As far as my documentary, as far as me as a filmmaker, and when I'm end up like kind of as like co-starring, directing in some of these things, it's um, it just totally depends, you know. I mean, obviously, if like we're gonna go on this big trip, I'd love to be the director and and uh, have some creative control over the story. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. But um, you, you, I'm a filmmaker, and I like to, you know, so. So I've definitely negotiated deals like that where I'm like, ooh, I'm going to go as the talent and the filmmaker. Yeah. So do they and, usually you know. do they usually approach you of being one or the other or both in some cases, or do you have to like kind of pitch them back and ask if you can actually do the actual documentary yourself also as a producer? It's always a, yeah, it's always a conversation that's evolving, you know. And I, I mean, who knows? You know, it's like my last big film with North Face was a couple years ago. I'm honestly taking a break from all that because it's stressful and it's a lot of work and, and, uh, I've been just focusing my energy on other, you know, other things for a little bit, taking a break, you know, so I just like hit the documentary filmmaking thing super hard for a while. And I'm just like, I kind of just, you know, I'm, I've been doing some little tiny fun personal project stuff, but nothing big at all. I'm just kind of enjoying myself, you know? Yeah. Because that, all that stuff is so stressful and such hard work, you know? Right. And you, if you are on a big, trip like that and then you like the antarctica trip was the classic example of that well you know i went i went on this incredible expedition in antarctica but it was i also had to produce this like you know big film for real rock and it was hard work and you know i'm proud of what we made but it was also really stressful and <laughs> you right. know so yeah with the dark you know, with still, with the documentary, uh, with the with I mean, with the um, the Antarctica trip trip you're talking about, that was when you went down to Antarctica mm-hmm. with with uh, you're one of six professional climbers that all went down with pretty much different objectives, uh, some at different peaks and kind of your own different styles, correct? Yep, that's the trip. Yeah, so that's the one. So that one you you directed and produced it also, but you also had uh, one of the climbers with you who's. Academy Award-winning documentarian uh, Jimmy Chin. Does Jimmy Chin? Yeah, how, how class is that? I have a, a, a Academy Award-winning documentarian, and he's my <laughs> talent. <laughs> yeah, which is pretty fucking badass. But does that like add yeah. on a little bit more stress, or is it more of a sigh of relief because you kind of have like your buddy who also does this really well, who's able to kind of back no, you I up? No, I mean Jimmy's. Jimmy's like, dude. The thing about Jimmy is he's like so supportive, you know. And, uh, and he was just rad to have there. And he was just like, Jimmy was just like, dude, he didn't want to be involved. You know, Jimmy's got like bigger fish to fry and he was so psyched. I'd have my big project, you know, this big North face film. And he just wanted to see it be as successful as possible and was totally amazing talent, you know, like super open interviews and awesome person to work with. And, and, uh, you know, everybody wants, I mean, I think the beauty of my filmmaking experiences so far have, um, have been, you know, just, that working in the climbing scene is so supportive and collaborative, you know, it's really fun to make climbing films. 
but then making the climbing film, I guess, is where more of my stress is coming from. Just like wrapping your your head over, you know, it's just a tricky story to tell and how you tell it well yeah. and how do you, you know what I mean? You're like, Oh, I wish I had this shot and that shot and that shot. And you didn't get any of those shots. And you're like, Oh, what was I thinking filming over there? And we should have been filming over there. And it's, yeah. you know, um, and you got one guy who's basically running around and documenting it all in this case. Um, this guy, Pablo Durano is absolute legend cinematographer, you know, just running around trying to document all this. And then me and Alex are both covering on our little tiny cameras and, and so right. are Jimmy and Conrad, you know, but so right. it's all very chaotic and you can't really direct any, you know, classic sense of the word. You're more just sort of like setting up all the dominoes and seeing if they all fall down or not, you know? And, um, so it's, uh, yeah, it's, a uh, cool you know but stressful filmmaking sure. experience so you do have one additional you have like a, a camera operator kind of with you to be able to help you out through a lot of this on, on that trip on that trip yeah we had paul i mean every project i've done has been different you know sure but yeah sure. and that that trip we had paulo is a legend he was like flying drone like sometimes he would like oh cool climb up on some crazy peak and then you know launch the drone because the drone had like an altitude limit but he could get it higher if he like climbed up somewhere it was pretty cool is he a professional climber too no, I mean, he could be Pablo. Yeah. He's one of those annoying guys who shows up and like runs like a marathon, you know, while <laughs> you're like all resting in the hotel with jet lag, you know, <laughs> he's like, he's like more fit than all the talent, you know, like even yeah. Honold's like, you know, Pablo is a God among men, you know, he's one of those, <laughs> yeah, he's one of those annoying guys to work with, but that, you know, he gets the job done. No, he's right. a legend. So uh, yeah. for those of you at home that don't know what film we're talking about, if you want to look it up, it's called Queen Maudland. Um, and it's a really, really good film. Um, you guys kind of split up into teams of two in it and kind of all go in your own directions uh, every yeah, day. Yeah, that, that was one of the tricks of storytelling of the film, right, is that it was three teams, and it was just this gnarly place, and we all split off into our partnerships and kind of did our own thing, you know? Yeah. And uh, so it was just hard to tie all that together, um, you know, into, uh, you know, you had um, Anna Path and, and Savannah Cummins, right. um, two, like, uh, talented female climbers on the North face team. Um, you know, Anna, who is experienced, she's been going on expeditions all over the world, but Savannah, who had never been on a expedition, you know, of this magnitude in her life right, and right. pretty wide eyed and like climbing these big walls in a super remote, really cold place. And, and then you had, you know, Jimmy and Conrad, the classic duo, you know, if you don't know who they are, there's two legends of the sport yeah, of who, um, have, you know, done some crazy big wall first ascents. Himalaya and other places and um you know and they went out at big wall style on this on the biggest you know steepest first ascent and then me and Honald ran around and climbed alpine style and all the uh more like alpine style peaks around and I think we did like eight first ascents and um yeah 13 peaks me and Honald shredded it was awesome yeah. we climbed so much rock really quickly too like we climbed really quickly it was so cool like just using all those speed climbing tactics I learned from Yosemite and yeah, it was, it was really fun. I feel like that's a yeah. lot more dangerous in a place that you are completely unfamiliar with. <laughs> well, yeah, you might be right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you don't stop to think about I'm, that, it's not that dangerous. <laughs> I mean, life is dangerous. You know, the sure. thing is you're not getting out alive, you know, so be careful living cause you might die. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, with that though. Um, so a lot of these pro climbers are all going and since you're splitting up, um, a lot of the climbers, as you said, are kind of like shooting their own stuff. And as you, as like a, a director producer, do you, 
mm-hmm. see any of that footage until you're in the cutting room or are you like kind of collecting it all every single no, time you get back after we're collecting you... it and trying to get feedback and you know well, i mean with jimmy i'm just like dude here's the camera yeah go slay it and he you know he did you know but <laughs> yeah. jimmy's also like oh yeah i'll slay it for you on the side while like i like also like you know what i mean get my banger photos of conrad and stuff which is probably you know totally understandable <laughs> yeah and uh you know, yeah, I mean, like, yeah, Jimmy got some iconic photography from that trip, and so did Savannah, and yeah, it was cool. It was a cool trip. So there's usually no surprises so, when you make it to the cutting room of, like, something that you didn't really... Oh, there are. Oh, definitely, dude. <laughs> I mean, you're, like, going through, like, sometimes you're just, somebody's rolling, and you're like, oh, my God, I didn't even notice that, or, you know, I mean, the more you roll, the more random stuff might happen, and you have to, like, watch all the footage, and you have to, like, you know, pull selects and decide, like, what are the best moments from all these different scenes or is there a scene or how do we make a scene you know so it's um yeah it's a fun it's a fun game once you get into it you know yeah uh speaking of yeah, you cool speaking of you uh shooting and all that shit uh me and mikey mm-hmm. were watching some of your greatest hits last night <laughs> uh and i bl- i want to say you're talking about it's the greatest climbing film ever made yeah <laughs> Yeah, you were robbed at the Oscars this year, dude. I know, dude. Jimmy Chin. I'm all, where's your boogie till you poop? Yeah, yeah. I'm all, that's right. You don't, you don't have one, Jimmy. That one was I'm, that, I'm the real. I just saw that. I'm the, the real legend I think here. I saw that for the first time a couple weeks ago. And if you is that what it's called, boogie till you poop, the video? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So this guy gets his knees well, the, stuck the in the wall. With, yeah, the off with he climbed was called boogie till you puke. <laughs> yeah, he gets his knees stuck. And he almost puked. And then comedy, comedy ensues. He shits his pants <laughs> repeatedly. In your face, while pretty I'm much. Him trying to, yeah, pretty much in my face while I'm trying to pull him out of the chocolate. It's legend. It is the stuff that legends are made of. Do you still smell that? It brings day? great joy to my heart still to think about it all just because of the perfect com- comic synchronicity of that moment, you know? <laughs> just can't. You can never, you can never get back there, you know. You, yeah, you're magnum opus. Yeah, his uh, his little remark towards the end of that, he's like, "Well, eventually, if you're a climb, a professional climber, you're gonna shit your pants." But lucky for me, I had world class documentary and photographer, photographer. Here, like documented. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, but for uh, all Jason Truck's a legend. He ended up on, he ended up on Tosh from that actually. Really? <laughs> there's a, oh yeah, there's a Tosh episode, and it's hilarious. Um, and I was the only thing I didn't like about it was they didn't invite me to be part of it. Uh, Only Jason. And, but then Tosh basically played my part. He was the guy getting shit on in the whole skit. (laughs) So it was understandable. I didn't get invited, you know, (laughs) Tosh made a great cedar. It was, it's pretty hilarious. Yeah. (laughs) That's, that's a great segue into my, my next note that I have here is like the, I, I watch a lot of climbing films. Um, and the one thing that stands about, about yours that I like, more than any of the climbing films that they're all really serious but yours are like they all have like a sense of comic relief like you guys can be in the most deadly situation like oh yeah we made a wrong turn it's super chossy over here these boulders could fall out under us any minute we're free soloing but hey fuck it <laughs> well, that's hilarious right well, let's pull out our camera and be real idiots yeah i know we're soloing and i'm right above you but here i'll pull out a camera because it's a good shot yeah <laughs> No, I'm joking. It's a, I mean, it's uh, a, it's I a love, lot. I love, I love, I mean, I just think that, you know, life is too short to be taken seriously, especially something like rock climbing as much as I love it, you know, and it, you can be a serious rock climber. You just, it's important not to take it all too seriously, you know, especially something as, you know, there's really no point. You can walk around to the top of most rocks, you know, we don't need to be able to pull on 
monodwats or whatever, you know, like little crimpers to be able to like, get up most <laughs> mountains, you know, it's just totally a recreation sport, you know, but yeah. you should be lapped at a little bit. It is. You know? And and that's why I love about yours. And you always seem to like a, a lot of the, a lot of the, like the, the talent and the climbers that you kind of decide to highlight and make a lot of your documentaries around are the ones that are, are kind of most socially awkward and have the most bright personalities, I should say. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, I, I love people who are filled with love and passion, you know? What I mean? Yeah. And then like, and basically, and, and really, I mean, to be fair, it's like, you know, my, it's not like my, I've made millions of documentaries, but I did do a couple of really great ones with great characters. Absolutely. Um, and that's, um, that's safe, you know, safety third, Brad go bright. Um, yeah. is classic. That's one of my you know, Brad favorites. Brad Gobride is one of the all-time great soloists, you know, in American history and she just recently died um, in Mexico yeah. and love the guy very much, but that film stands as like a tribute to his um badassery, but also just sort of his quirky, you know, he's the guy who likes to eat donuts, who has right, no right. money, mm-hmm. who's kind of almost as rad as Honold but doesn't have any of the money or any of the glory yeah. and you know, it's got this really sweet, you know, kind of vibe to it because he's this really sweet guy, you know. Yeah, and, um, I, I think me and Mikey you know, were um, watching, what was it, uh, the Yosemite history documentary? Yeah, what, that's the, classic. What, with Where, Brad in it? Yeah, No, Brad that was that was the new Real Rock. Popped up for two seconds. Is, no, the new Real oh, Rock. Uh, it was oh, yeah, the speed I mean, record. quite a bit in the new Real Rock, which is the Yosemite speed climbing. Right, right, right. Um, but you might be right that he pops up. I mean, Brad popped up in a lot of weird little places, you know, because he was always there climbing and yeah, and Mikey was like, Oh, you would, you would love this dude. You gotta check him out. And he threw on your documentary. Yeah, Safety of him, Third. And I was like, I love this fucking guy. Yeah, just just for, yeah. just for his whole personality and like I was like his Freddie, he's a little bit of a heavier guy and everything, but uh, but he's trying to get a little bit more into climbing and everything. Yeah, so I was like, oh, uh, if you watch this, like not everybody is like, oh, you're vegetarian, like super clean lace, like does all these like perfect workouts like totally. it was like i was like brad gobright's like the most like regular dude ever like shows up to the crag with a sprinkled donut in his hand every morning yeah and does like some of us need our trash he's, heroes he's, dude no dude yeah he's a he's an inspiration to me it's funny you know what's funny about this is actually weird non-secular and to probably the honestly i think the best climbing film i made about uh, marine beck but she also loves her um junk food Oh yeah, and uh, it's a weird correlation. Actually, the last you know, t- you know, two big documentary films I made about you know subjects. Um, yeah, they both love their junk food. I didn't think about that until just now, but <laughs> yeah, Marine is Marine is a legendary um, climber, and she was a. Uh, um, we just kind of met her through the climbing scene here in Boulder, and and one of the things that makes her unique is that she was born um, congenitally, you know, just born with um, one arm. Right. Stumped, and so her right? other arm's just like a little you know, stump, you know? Yeah. And so she, but she loves to climb and she climbs just, she stump climbs and she's incredible at it. She's, um, you know, uh, like a world champion, Paralympic climber and just this, but she's also just this hilarious character who likes to eat double stuff Oreos. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and, and she, you know, she, She's, she's, you know, she's all like, I don't know if I can cut the cheese out of my diet to send my project. And, but we yeah. documented her climbing 512 with one arm, which was, which is I mean, fucking ridiculous. certainly one of the more, most remarkable things I've ever, you know, seen. And just watching her climb, you know, it's just something, it's a new spin on climbing. You know, you're seeing climbing like you've never seen it before. And she's this incredible athlete and this incredible person. And yeah, so and really a personality. And then we made a whole, we kind of just like sort of a, 
just played with the whole paradigm of like how we fit um, people with disabilities into our, you know, psyche and um, popular culture. And we made this whole spoof um, about her basically meeting another climber who struggled even more than her. And we make this whole joke with Tommy Caldwell because yeah, I was wondering about that. He's he's a legend at climbing, but he's missing a finger. And so we like, do you, like I'm, it's one of my best parodies of all time. It's <laughs> I was like, like you know, what the fuck is going on right like, now? <laughs> it, Tommy's like, yeah, like she'll struggle, but not as hard as me. And then we have this whole funny thing where he's like, I couldn't even hold a whole like handful of M and M's in my hand, and we filmed M and M falling in slow slow mo. And then we actually, because Tommy's an amazing human and he's such a great sport, we actually reenacted his. Uh, losing his finger, which he sawed it off on a table saw. And so we got out a table saw and then we took a yeah. fake finger and stuffed it with bloody tissue and sawed yeah. off in a saw. And it was, yeah, you got to see that scene. It's, I'm very proud of it. Yeah. And, uh, when that came yeah, up, we, like, I took would... fake blood and sprayed it on Tommy's face and he like acted all shocked and we had him hold his finger down and rubbed it in blood. So it looked like it was just, you know, the stump. Yeah, it was, it was, yeah. Um, when that funny. whole thing came up, I was like, is this a real news thing? That no fucking way. <laughs> yeah. There is one good, uh, great little bit in there where you're doing the fake news report. And me and Mikey noticed that when um, Tommy is uh, belaying her, they actually have two different color ropes. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, was, I was just wondering if you actually well, did that on purpose. Well, what do I have to say to that? Whoa, whoa, I'm caught. <laughs> <laughs> No comment. No. Oh, oh no, I'm not above like you know. I mean, as, as a uh, you know spoof documentary filmmaker, I'm licensed to shoot a few different ropes and a few different shots and splice it all together and make it look like one right. one single experience. You know, <laughs> yeah. that's um, the art of filmmaking, right? Just definitely. taking all the little shots and yeah. putting them together. Especially yeah. that's the best part you could do it though when you're like doing that ridiculous of a kind of spoof though. <laughs> yeah, well, I was thinking more like, is he genius enough to have done it on purpose? Yeah. No, <laughs> that, that's where you say yes. <laughs> yes, yeah. You're like it turns out, I'm my brain is massive. No, I'm just bumbling. I'm bumbling along through life, like many of us are, you know. But yeah. have my moments. The best shit moments happens of motivation on and focus that you know take me somewhere or other it seems to be enjoyable. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so when you're, what's your shooting approach when you're not only like shooting these films, but you're starring in them? Like mm. for Sufferfest, uh, I want to talk about that film in particular for an example, because you both one mm-hmm. and two, you guys are just fucking trudging through and not stopping. So you're speed climbing like more than thousand foot faces. Like, is, is it tough to have to like stop? During that, be like, oh well, I got to get a couple of shots of this, like while we're fucking. Well, that's the beauty. The beauty of the Sufferfest films is that we didn't stop ever, right? For a shot, it was 100. percent I was just like, I hired these two dudes, Samuel Crosley and Canyon Flory, and they hustled their asses off and ran around and just like wherever we were, I was like, get the shots you can. That's all you get, and and then we would just, uh, I would mostly just, I had an RX 100. Yeah, and I would just flip the camera around and do like some commentary, or I'd point it on Honnold to get commentary every once in a while, and I would try to pull the camera out whenever it seemed like it was the most messed up because I found that's a good strategy. And you know, so the wind would be ripping on, like, I'm going to pull the camera out for one second, you know. And but it's like the camera in your pocket, so it just it's just it's not like sit, you know, it's not like you're like, can you recline that for the, you know, um, kind of stuff. So those upper best films are very verite. Uh, yeah. filmmaking kind of pieces in a sense but then comedy verite like you right know, super orchestrated and scripted out at the same time but you know no fun to make i want to make another one someday hopefully I, we're uh, we were gonna ask that one, we were gonna ask that question COVID 19 happened 
Yeah. Where would the next, where would the third suffer fest you think it would be? Any ideas for the suffering? Either, either moon, moon, the moon or, or Mars. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> I'm those are my two choices. We were watching, Elon, call me. what was it? Sufferfest. Before we move on from that, we were watching the first one and there were a couple times where you are free soloing and you're actually stopping to shoot down on Alex. Well, doing possibly the most dangerous thing you can possibly fucking do. Yeah. And e- no, making I mean, it more true. difficult. When you, when you say it like that, it sounds really stupid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, why would I? You're right. I never should have taken the camera out there. That was totally irresponsible. Or rebellious and really badass. dangerous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but highly compelling. So, you know, I'm, I'm mixed emotions. Ho- hopefully, no, I mean, you know, it's hopefully always, the phone's it's on also, speaker. We were soloing so like, well within our levels to be, right. you know, and I was hanging off some big jug. And, you know what I mean? I'd gone through the little crux part and I was extremely comfortable and, you know, could pull out the camera and shoot some. But, you know, to someone who's uninitiated, like, yeah, soloing along and shooting footage is, you know, pretty extreme. <laughs> Did you know those routes ahead of time and what they were kind of kind of look like before you just went off into them with no rope? Uh, no, we did all that <laughs> on-site free solo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great. Uh, In fact, what... it was funny at one point, and, and Honnold's like the master soloing, and I am just a sensei, you know, and had my little career, well, not, not small, but, you know, less illustrious career of soloing, you know. Um, but, yeah, Honnold's, Honnold's the grand master, you know, of that stuff. So it was exciting for me at points. I remember at this one point he uh, – yeah, I think it was Matt Langley. We he was all we were gonna do this one, you know, and he's all it's the it's a cool rock route and it was like a ten B and we did the it was a ten B, a ten A or B. Yeah. And we did the second ascent of the route. Second ascent, free solo on site. And Hull's like, It's no big deal, it's no That's big intense. deal and, and definitely at points I was all okay, this is you know, as far as I would ever want to take soloing, mean, pretty hardcore, you know, soloing what? like vertical five ten, thousand feet off the ground, second ascent, you know. Okay, and so that makes like dude like you know, like, just chill, it's mellow, you know, and I'm like, I'm trying to leave it here right now, but this is sick. Yeah, yeah. So when you when you are free soloing, do you try to keep it to, like, below a 5'8", or what's the um, limitations? I mean, these days, yeah, below 5'10". Below 5'10". You know, A or B would be, like, to my max. That makes mm. sense. But I'd want a solo, you know? Yeah. Like, on-site, for sure, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know? That, and that gives you the buffer zone, man, because you can go and get on a 10A or B that's, like, friggin' harder than 11C. <laughs> sure. Yeah. yeah, when you're climbing Yosemite, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> yeah, or who knows where, you know. I remember New Hampshire, I went and did some 5.9, and I remember. Like Rummy? Like, I don't know, you know, like, I mean, I'm like, I was, like, full Eye of the Tiger music started playing, you know. And I'm like, <laughs> this is only 5.9, but it was, like, you know, 10B probably. Is that Rummy area? You know. Yeah, or no, not on the um. Uh, what's, what do you call that granite area up there? Uh, the New name Hampshire. Of it. <laughs> yeah. The cathedral, sure. cathedrals, cathedrals. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Anyways, yeah, yeah. I went up there one time for a talk, and some guys like, oh, that's like the cool five nine to do, and I went like went up there to solo it, you know. And then I was kind of like, I kind of wish I hadn't like done this now, but I'm fully <laughs> committed, you know. Yeah, that's gonna like- have to. Gonna have to see this one through. Yeah, that's like Yosemite grades for me. Like I, I got up to like a five ten B in my climb. I was like, oh, I'd go there. We went to Yosemite and I could barely make it up a five nine. And yeah, it's just like, like that at first. Yosemite's gnarly, but you know, it's it's, it's the like, footing, I mean, man. I couldn't fair, get the footing. <laughs> it's a style and technique. It's a right. style and technique, though. You know, it's not the grades are legit once you learn them, and you yeah. know what I mean. To it's get better just at like crack a, climbing. 
different techniques, you know? Yeah. And, um, but also, well, but also in the five nine grade also could be extreme sandbag. It could be five twelve. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Fair I know enough. what you guys are talking about, man. I've been doing uh, hitting these pretty rad five sixes. Uh, <laughs> it's a pretty cool spot in downtown LA. It's pretty nice. Yep, it's pretty Sounds impressive for a three hundred pound dude, though. <laughs> <laughs> hey, two six. Well, I mean, doing the, yeah, I mean, good. climbing's just amazing. It's an amazing sport at, at like any level, and it like connects. I mean, anybody who's experienced a good rock climb, kind of has experienced a special thing in life, you know, and you can connect on that. It's a, it's, you know, it's a pretty elemental experience to go rock climbing. Definitely. You know? yeah. I, I love it so I, much. I just love the, you know, uh, it's one of the all time great sports, you know, in my it, opinion. Definitely. It's kind of like golf where it's just you versus you. It's it. That's it what is. I, I just it like, being, so I like being able with, to push um, with myself parag- with paragliding. Paragliding is even more like that. But the cool thing about paragliding is it's, it's you versus you and no one can see and right. no one can ever really know what you experienced, right? So it's mm-hmm. like uh, it even takes away the on, – on some level, you know what I mean, this weird achievement side of things to where it's really about your personal achievement because no one ever will really know or care. So no one can see, so do it naked is what you're saying. No one can see you go send 100 miles in a paraglider, <laughs> you know? Unless, I, mean, I don't know, maybe, you know, unless you've got a really – you know, a lot of a really big budget and want to fly a Cineflex around, you know? Well, I guess it's and not then, necessarily true that the Kenyan village that you land in, they all see it, right? <laughs> no, but, but what I mean is like when you go on these big, like 150 mile flights or whatever, you know, right. um, you know, or hundred mile flights, hundred kilometer flights, you know, th- these are like long, like five, six hour piloting experiences. It's like the half extreme the turbulence of the air. Right. And, no, and it's, it's outrageous. It's like, sort of like whitewater kayaking in the sky, but the difference between the sky and a river is you can stand by the river and kind of watch some of the action with a uh, cross country paragliding. All the action kind of happens high in the sky where no one can really see it. And, and you, the whole you medium you're, in, you're interacting with is invisible. So yeah, yeah. You, know I mean? <laughs> you can't uh, see the rapids. <laughs> you see some guy, he, he's pulling on strings and you're like, he seems like his arms are having, you know, some sort of weird issue. You know, and it's but you're in, interacting with this invisible medium of thermals right, and right. air, and it's pretty outrageous. It's a whole new science. Yeah. Uh, before we get too deep, that's into... my latest obsession. But anyways, yeah, not to no, take we'll, you guys off. No, the, you're good. We'll get. We'll, I'll I'll we'll end a little bit more on that. But um, before we do, um, what approach do you take to directing when you're dealing with like the world's best climb, easily the world's best climbers, um, and still kind of keep it like organic like how do you direct them and still make it authentic i mean the only way to do it is that they're my friends <laughs> right and i guess so that helps just, you know they're my friends that i've known for years and that you know and dude, you, I, I mean i've known jimmy chin since jimmy chin was a dirtbag with a subaru who was just like you know stoked to smoke weed and fucking play guitar with me in the back camp floor right you know yeah and he's like you know i've watched him evolve as a human and become this incredible but you know so when jimmy chin was on the trip with me he's like a bro from way back you know right jimmy was on my first north face expedition you know he's just a homie mm-hmm. who i've known forever and you know and he's like and he's also kind of surprised he's all see i can't believe you pulled this off <laughs> 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 you're such a dirtbag fucking junk show and you're the director of this thing you know i'm all i know i'm all help me help me out here buddy you know and you know and honald's old old school friend and that i love very much and some of my best climbing adventures have been with him and you know so you're just there with friends and 
Yeah. I mean, I, my whole filmmaking style like that I've developed is just non-invasive. You know what I mean? I'd rather just sort of like get less shots, but keep it real. And you know what I mean? Keep all the, it's, it's about the climbing first and then the film yeah. second, well, you know? I, and, that, um, and that's, you know, so it's not necessarily about like, it's not about walking back and forth and getting like the, you know, the closing shot or any of that, you know, it's, it's all organic and real rock climbing and self-documented on the climbs mostly, especially in a place like Antarctica, Antarctica where, you know, it's just, unless you're doing like a fixed rope climb, it's just impossible to go up there that much, you know? Right. And that's what I love about your style most, because most of the stuff that would end up on the cutting room floor, you kind of keep in it, in the film, just like in the suffer fest, yeah. like finding suffer dog or whatever. Uh, and all yeah. that little stuff. Like, where is that dog now, by the way? Who ended up with that dog? <laughs> Suffer pup. Okay, so Suffer for those who aren't familiar, I, mean, I feel like I should do a big, like, recap, but, like, me and I yeah, yeah. did these two Sufferfest trips, if you're confused about everything we're talking about. but And they were these big bike-powered climbing adventures. The first one, we did all the 14,000-foot peaks in California, and the second one, um, we did 45 desert towers around the Four Corners, and, um, yeah, and those, those films, um, you know, were kind of the start of this whole non-invasive documentary filmmaking style. Yeah, they're amazing. Um, <laughs> we were on an adventure, and we just, like, he, Alex would pull his phone out every once in a while if I, like, begged him. And then I would just pull out my little tiny point-and-shoot camera. And then my buddy Sam Crosley would run around, try to get some interviews, and maybe hike up with us to some of the objectives and get us, you know get a long shot or something, but you know, it's just a very, you know, you're not getting all the shots you might want, but you are, but it's a really fun, it's really fun for everyone, you know, especially for me and Alex, who want to actually go have fun and tread. And so that was sort of the success of yeah. that style. And I applied that to Antarctica and I think I got a good product, you know? Yeah. You're one Everybody of the, just basically got to go climbing and send their stuff. There was no like, you know, embedded camera crew or any of that stuff, but Paulo ran around and got some shots where he could mostly it was self-documented yeah. And, uh, yeah, I'm proud of it. Yeah, you're one of the few that are actually privileged enough to actually be able to go to Antarctica. Like, how many people in the world get to go there? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you know, probably the very vast minority of the planet. <laughs> yeah, and you got to shred there, too. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, you know, you know, I mean, if you want to make a, a, a like a white privileged poster you know <laughs> you could definitely put my like you know face on it and be like i'm sorry everything worked out great yes you nothing to be sorry you know, about been, with that well i'm so lucky i'm so lucky in in so many ways you know i'm so grateful for that you know yeah um yeah you've also you've yeah, shot incredible you've shot the world's best free soloists which have, have been the subject of a lot of your films including oh are you talking about are you talking about peter croft <laughs> Did you I'm shoot joking. Peter Croft? Making... That's one I'm missing because Peter, you have Croft, a Peter is the Croft best solo. Alex Honnold is the second. Oh yeah? <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Is he is Back. he still soloing? He's the OG, dude. OG, you gotta is... respect the, the original gangster, dude. Is he still soloing? Probably. I I mean I guarantee it, yes. We walked past him. I was Peter I, Croft? Oh yeah. I was hanging oh, out yeah, he's still soloing, I guarantee it. I was climbing a few weeks ago up in Bishop actually and just walked down to the down to the gorge and he actually was walking up on the trail and my buddy was just like oh hey peter's like what the fuck <laughs> he's just he's, he's like i mean he was he if you want to talk about my biggest hero in climbing it was definitely you know when i was reading the mag it was definitely peter cross like what a legend you know for real have you ever been able to do a, a film with him then 
No, I've never really been able to work with Peter. Yeah? I think Peter thinks I'm, I'm a poser. For real? <laughs> <laughs> I think so, probably. I mean, he likes me. You know, we're friends. We climb, I climb with Peter. You know, right. I had some cool climbing experiences with him in Yosemite, a couple of them. And, uh, you know, I look up to him immensely. I think he's like, Peter's next level, like, OG, man. He doesn't, right. like, care about the gram, about documenting your things. You know what I mean? Right. Like he's he he did all that stuff with just for other reasons, you know. It's cool. Yeah, that's that's pretty cool. So, I mean, is yeah. he, do you know if he's still free soloing? It is. Huh? Is he still free soloing to this day? Cropped? I mean, yes, definitely. 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 Yeah. I guarantee it. Cuz I've just seen him recently and he's like super fit and like he has that look in his eye and definitely. I'm just going to I mean, he hasn't told me, but I'm going to go ahead and guess he occasionally scrambles up something effortlessly you know yeah, he's a yeah. master of the sport aside from yeah. that aside from that but you've you you were one of the first people to actually capture like alex honnold uh um yeah sorry i had to talk shit on alex honnold it's one of my favorite hobbies <laughs> <laughs> i'm all croft was radder Cause well because he, he was the original <laughs> dude who did it yeah. but no they're both legends oh alex has has said multiple times in different films that he has said that oh well brad gobright's a better solo well was a better soloist than he is also no, he's a little that, bit more technical i haven't seen that movie but but yeah no that's <laughs> yeah that doesn't sound <laughs> like honnold to me <laughs> um anyways i lost my train of thought i'm kind of tired you know just to put things in perspective for those who, who actually listen to this podcast i don't even know if people listen to this podcast i know i have no idea who these guys are but, i don't either man um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh but yeah you know sending sending love and know that it's super late here and i'm very tired and that's why i'm kind of rambling a little more than i should i'm, I'm pooped but these guys were like we should do it and i rescheduled and i felt bad and so <laughs> oh, it's, like it's cool 11, it's like 11 o'clock here in boulder i'm like outside look at the full moon or close to full moon and um yeah we were actually so, kind of doing listening we were kind of just doing hand signals to be like uh it's time to wrap them up Let's get him to bed. Okay. Yeah. Sounds like a sleepy little boy over here. Yeah, we'll let you go in a second. It was pretty rambly. I hope I tied that all together for someone who didn't, you know, have any idea who I was, you know. But, um, but yeah, all love. And, yeah, I hope you guys are hanging in there through quarantine, getting stuff done, and, you yeah. know, on to the next chapter, whatever that may be. Yeah, and that's, that's actually one of my last questions is just um, – is there anybody like a dream project that you still have in mind that you kind of want to accomplish? A dream project. Mm. I mean, most, you know, fly, uh, 500 kilometers in my paraglider, you know, yeah, yeah. I'm more focused on, on adventure right now than filmmaking. And, you know, honestly, uh, you know, I think if I were going to do another, you know, film, um, I'd have to really love the subject or really love the possibility of adventure that was happening and not to be the right thing, you know, right. Paul and I were going to do supper vest three and, you know, basically just go bike around and climb all these big peaks right. and the cascades and, but then, you know, COVID happens, so that's not happening. Right. But, you know, it'd have to be some fun adventure with my friends or, of course, or, or I meet just like some really cool person who I think is such an interesting character and maybe I just get a pair up my ass and do another one of these big projects. You never know. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Why don't you, uh, do you, uh, want, you want to let everybody know where to find your, uh, your material and your videos and stuff like that? I mean, yeah. So if you, if you're, if you've made it this far, <laughs> yeah, they definitely have. <laughs> <laughs> then, uh, 
yeah, you can find me on Vimeo and yeah, it, um, I have a bunch of stuff there that's on demand and, uh, classic films that we talked about, like the stuff of best film, the Antarctic film and, uh, a bunch more films that I'm proud of, like stumped with Maureen Beck, total legend. Definitely. And yeah. And so, yeah, check me out on the interwebs, Google me, um, or don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go to cedarwright.com. Just look up Cedar Wright anywhere. He's all he's on YouTube. Yeah. He's on Facebook. yeah, yeah, totally. Find me on TikTok. Yeah, yeah. he's done. TikTok. He's I'm done. Joking, he's done documentaries <laughs> with uh, Alex Honnold, guys. So come on, yeah. let's go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, like, yeah. just Google Alex Honnold and just forget about me, honestly. Yeah, <laughs> you'll you'll stuff. find Cedar in the footnotes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, thank yeah, you. you're like somewhere down there. Like, nope, actually, wasn't in there. But anyways, fuck that guy. <laughs> All right, well, that was fun. Thank you so much for uh, hanging out with us and talking with us, man. We really appreciate it. Yeah. No, my pleasure. Yeah, yeah, no, totally. Yeah. My wife was like, don't do it. It's too late. And I was like, oh, I'm not going to leave these guys hanging. I already, like, you know, kind of left them hanging once. <laughs> yeah, it's a good job. So, we'll lots of love, guys. We appreciate it, man. rambling with you. It's I'm cool. tired. Hope I had a few beers, but hopefully it was hopefully, you know, coherent. Uh, it's perfect, Hopefully man. you pass us on a mountain someday. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully you pass me. That'd be lucky. <laughs> yeah. All right, dude. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Lots of love. Bye, guys. Yeah, lots of love, dude. Uh, okay. I guess you want to talk about some TVs and movies. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, let's start off with a trailer. A new Steve Carell TV show. Oh man! Oh, what's it called? Space Force. Mm. <laughs> It'll come one minute now. It also stars Elon Musk. Just kidding. <laughs> He's not in it. <laughs> Mark Naird, formerly number I wouldn't two be surprised if he sponsored it, though. Thank you. It has always been my dream to command a service branch. Our nation's internet <laughs> runs through our vulnerable space satellites. POTUS wants I actually saw that dude on the street one to time. To that end, the president is Musk or No, space the Force. dude who's talking oh. right now. Mark will run. <laughs> what? <laughs> I was leaving a chick's house at like 3 a.m. We are embarking on today. And he was out walking his dog. Greatness never I was like, I know you from something. Space Force. Oh, he is blowing it just like you thought. Yeah, it is a complete shit show. Oh, my dry cleaner. Yeah, yeah, they uh, they lost my dress wipes. <laughs> so it's pretty much Michael Scott running uh, a space force. Mm -hmm. As a scientist, you have a loyalty to reason. It makes you a little untrustworthy. <laughs> How much was that prototype? Four million middle schools. Cost as much as four new middle schools. Fuck. Fuck. Running? No. What? Attitude seems to be give us money and don't look while we militarize space. That's cool. Is John Malkovich in it? Yeah. What are you doing? Jane Lynch. Gave a teacher the finger. Lisa Kudrow. Brad. Yeah. Aruba, Jamaica. Bodies in the sand. <laughs> Tropical. Who doesn't like a little beach boy? Yeah. We'll be falling in love to the rhythm of a steel drum band. Seems like a weird choice for a space movie. <laughs> mm. Oh, a TV show, I'm sorry. Yeah, giving out false information yeah, over yeah. here. Well, I do know it's coming out on Netflix. 
May 29th. Our country put a man nice. on the moon. Well, guess what, kids? We're going. That's back. soon. <clears throat> Is it soon? It's like a month. Oh, it's May 7th. Shit, times fly by during the yeah. quarantine. 22 days. <laughs> or more than that. It'll probably be out, what, next week when this comes out? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that will be out. I mean, Netflix always drops every single episode, right? So this, yeah. this was probably shot a little while ago. I wonder when we're like going to hit the time to where like content's just going to stop coming out. I mean, we got to hit the year point before that happens. It's sure. probably It'll probably be like next winter or something like that. Before it can, it just holds up. You think that there's definitely going to be a period of time. Yeah, there's got to be a period of time. I mean, or there's definitely going to be like an explosion all at once from like super slow to a billion things coming up because everything mm -hmm. that got postponed is going to start again. Then everything that should have been starting is going to be starting again. And then everything that was halfway. Yeah. Yeah, but I don't know. Um, uh, that, that that show looks really good, though. That actually I'm reminds me. Excited about that one. You were telling me about fucking Tom Cruise, some ridiculous shit. Oh, oh yeah. Speaking of space, mm -hmm. <laughs> apparently this this is apparently real news. Tom Cruise has officially been chosen to go to space to shoot a movie in the International Space Station about the International Space Station. And NASA actually confirmed this. Yeah, by chosen, you mean cast. Sure, cast, chosen, whatever the fuck. But don't you have to, like, pass all these health tests and go through, like, years and years of well, I don't of think training? he's going through NASA. I think he's going through uh, uh, Elon Musk. That's, I mean, Elon Musk... He tweeted, should be a lot of fun, but that's the only, like, official things that's come up. And NASA's, uh, he Na is going through NASA, essentially. It is? Yeah, oh, it okay. is. So NASA's is basically help running it and, like, doing all this stuff. But, I mean, I don't know. There's nothing that says, like, what date that they're going to actually go up and do all this thing. I guess... Like they've pushed back all the Mission Impossibles and stuff like that, so he's still due to he's signed a contract to do two more Mission Impossibles, and uh, Top Gun Maverick has also been pushed back. They've been delayed to December twenty third to be able to come out. So there's a lot of shit else that he has going on. Um, a lot of shit else. Yeah, sure. <laughs> and then he has to do this, but in order to do this, is what I'm saying. He's like, don't you have to go through like years of tr like they don't just let people into space. Like, don't you have to go through... Tr like, he has to take a rocket up there. You can't just take an airplane. Why? Just let him go. Who gives a fuck? It's oh, Tom yeah. Cruise. Throw him on a fucking space shuttle. Didn't they let a teacher do that once and, and didn't really... Well, she was trained. It, well, th my point exactly. So he the probably has to go through blew a ton up. of... So he's <laughs> got to go through a shit ton of training. Wow. Which takes years, right? Who cares? <laughs> just fucking go, dude. Figure it out on the way. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think your body acclimates just to be like that. Buy the ticket, take the ride. Come on. I'm trying <laughs> to go to space. Well, apparently he's supposed to go to space. Listen, I'll, I'll fucking, I'll set dress. I'll onset <laughs> in uh, space. As well as the fact that, I mean, he's old as fuck now. He's 57. Mm. Death's door. Yeah. <laughs> That's old as fuck. Okay. Not old as <laughs> fuck, but like, I mean, he's not getting young. 
60s pretty that's not okay, how yes. age works old, yes right. yes he's he's old as fuck because <laughs> what 55 plus you're considered a, what is it you're like allowed to live in like the old folks living or whatever like well you're forgetting he's a scientologist so he believes he's from space so he's just going home oh yeah i'm sure nasa will take that justification and be like oh yeah makes total sense i'll survive perfect in space i'll that's survive perfect let's put you on the thing and then we'll be good to go yeah Jesus Perfect. Christ. Um, Send Tommy up. Speaking of Toms, I got a new segue that will go into, we'll see what our buddy, instead of Tom Cruise, I have a, uh, someone I'd like a little bit more. His name's Tom Hardy. Okay. Good Hardy. Not yeah, American. He's Tom. a thicker he's Tom. He's, a, he's probably a better Tom, a better acting Tom, I guess I should say. Mm-hmm. Well, he, a trailer just came out. We're not going to watch a trailer for this, but uh, a trailer just came out. Uh, that depicts him playing uh, our favorite gangster, Al Capone. Mm-hmm. Uh, How did you know I made a list of my top ten favorite gangsters and Capone was number one? Um, you know, I know. Uh, can I guess who number two is? You you can try. Is it Bugsy? Nope. Oh, okay. Is it uh, Nucky? Nope. Oh, that's a fictional character anyway. I don't Soprano. Know, I give up. Oh, okay. Tony that, that, that's a fictional character, also. Mm-hmm. I'm sure, we'll go with that. But yeah, this I uh, love that gobbledygool eating son of a bitch. <laughs> so this is a movie with Tom Hardy. Tom Hardy's playing Al Capone, and I think the movie takes more place, kind of when the shit's already hitting the fan. So you don't go through like his golden days. I think it's more like them trying to capture him and him going through like the shit. Mm-hmm. You know, so they made up. Tom Hardy, if you look up any of the pictures online, like they made him look fucking broken as fuck. Like yeah. his face is super, super cracked. They definitely. Uh, oh, yeah. I'm looking at it now. He's like a little chubbier in the face. Definitely chubbier in the face, but wrinkled. looks like he's got some scars too. Yeah. Way wrinkled. Definitely smoking a cigar in like every single photo. I guess that was Capone. That's Capone's like signature look right it has to have like, i feel like that was everybody's signature look in the fucking 20s yeah but it, but like it can't be a full cigar the cigar is always like the size of like a thumb like about to burn the lips mm-hmm. it's like always gets the, right down the there. cowboy world war ii general look yeah exactly well yeah. the cowboys were more what are they called chewing on it those cigars were were the kentucky shaw roots they called them the shaw roots. roots yeah they kind of look like the blunt but they're they're just more of raw cigars mm-hmm. that's how you knew you were a fucking badass when you were smoking on a charoot. Yeah. Little did they know they're banana flavored. They're backwoods. That's right. Banana flavored backwoods. Yeah. So um, this movie is, it was supposed to come out in theaters, but now they're going to be releasing it uh, streaming. So that will be coming out May 12th. So that will be by the time this, it should be out by the time this airs. Um, so you can watch it at home. Yeah. I'm sure it's just going to be super expensive. Um, I don't exactly know where it will be coming out. I'm going to guess it's going to be available for rent on Amazon. Uh, yeah, it'll be everywhere. Amazon, Apple TV. Yeah, anywhere you can actually purchase these new movies. So look out for that. Um, another yeah. one. Look out for that. Look Jesus out. Christ. Um, you know how everybody's starting to do a streaming service now? Yeah. Like everybody and their mother, and that it's starting to become. But these streaming services all coming out is just making it to be like, essentially having cable again. Because I mean, it's gonna end up being cheaper just to buy cable to watch all this shit than to have all these fucking streaming services. Yeah. So Universal just decided to come out with one. NBC Universal. It's called the Peacock Network. Mm-hmm. 
So you can go ahead and get the Peacock streaming service. And there's more that goes into it. I know uh, if you have Xfinity Flex or whatever, if you're already a customer, you get it for free. Um, aside from that, I think it's like $5 a month. And they have all the Universal movies. So Universal has a good amount of movies. Well, it's $5 a month or for tiers. For tiers? Yeah, I think there's another $10 a month one, probably ad-free or some bullshit. Yeah, there's always going to be... I mean, this is basically a streaming service that nobody's going to get. No. But, I mean, Universal does have, like, half of all movies pretty much that comes out. I mean, unless they're going to pull movies off Netflix and off of Hulu and off of Amazon. I don't know if they'll pull them off. I mean, because they're contracted, so they got to stay on for a certain amount of time. Well, they just won't re-sign. No, they just won't re-sign. So it will come off eventually. And that I think every all these people are just trying to hurt Netflix, essentially. But honestly, no one's going to keep buying all these fucking services. It's just going to be... Like, no, they're not going to make that much money off of this. It's going to just deteriorate to where people are just like, okay, I guess we got to do deals. You then, then It's just like the, the deals now, because if any of you have, like, HBO, most people, like, I say more than half people that have HBO have the HBO Showtime stars and whatever. Mm-hmm. Cinemax package, if Cinemax is still a thing anymore. I don't, I don't think, think they do a package like that. Yes, they do. I think they do just, like, HBO and Cinemax. I have... Is Cinemax still a thing? But... Yeah, it's like HBO and one of the shittier ones. We have no, we have, but you can't get like all five of them on. No, we Amazon. That we I have, we have it. We have well, not Amazon, but we have HBO, Showtime, Stars, and one other one. I don't remember what it's called. Do right you pay now. one price for? Yeah. Oh really? Yeah, you it's it's a package thing, or like a lot of cable networks will like it comes with the cable network, uh, you know what oh, I mean, yeah. stuff like that. So it, it has to do that, but they do have a big package thing with that. And I mean, I know what, with Disney what Plus, with Hulu now, they're doing like the package. So I think that's going to become the new thing is that you have to do the streaming package with the, with that covers like four different uh, streaming shows. Yeah, yeah, I redid the Disney Plus one the other day just because. Um, you know, a couple of things I wanted to watch and shit like that. And um, the fucking uh, Michael Jordan documentary, The Last Dance, is actually really good. So I've been watching that. And uh, did you hear about this? Did you hear about this? Well, you didn't tell me it, so no, I didn't hear about it. Uh, fucking National Treasure, dude. No, National Treasure? National Treasure 3. Mr. With... with uh Mr. Cage? With Mr. Cage. Not only National Treasure 3, with Nicolas Cage. Nicolas Cage? Uh, also a TV series with a brand new cast for Disney+. Plus. Without Nicolas Cage? Without Nicolas. So wait, are they doing the movie first, and then they're going to release a TV series? Uh, they're pushing for both of them. <clears throat> but from the specific article I read, they said they're definitely pushing the Disney Plus show harder. Yeah. I like, bet. they're trying to get them both pulled. Of course, through. they're trying to do the Disney Plus show harder because they, they haven't really raised it as much as they thought they would. Yeah. I know when they first came out, they're like, just wait till next month. I don't know about... The next month came, and it was like, the fuck you got? Yeah, I don't got know about onward. everybody else, but I'll fuck hard with the National Treasure Disney Plus show. I oh. love National Treasure. I'll give it a go. Oh, we... No, I sorry. I just had Al Capone. Al Capone. Um, I wanted to talk more about that, but you pushed right through it. Did I? What well, else did you couple, have to say about Al Capone? There were a couple other castings that were cool. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Linda Cardellini. The oh. girl from Grandma's Boy. Oh. The love uh, interest. I don't know. The, uh, you know what a Cardellini is in the film world? Uh, Yeah, that's... 
the second to last? No. Welcome to Film 101. A Cardellini is a special clamp that goes on the thing called a C-stand. When you put it on, it's a little clamp that you twist and then it yeah. closes in on things. I'm not a grip. <laughs> well, now you know. Film news. Now yeah. you know. <laughs> Unless you fill that Cardellini with silicone and I can fuck it. I don't give a shit about a Cardellini. Uh, I'm sure you can figure something out. Mm-hmm. I'm sure <laughs> my grip buddies get on it. <laughs> well, this, this, this... Now I'm just picturing your grip with a C-stand oh, and a Jesus fuckable Christ. cartellini. You probably would be able to lower it to a perfect size. Just pumping it like a fucking water. <laughs> like a, they're a cowboy trying to get water in a ladle. <laughs> well, that, that visual image is brought to you by Official Clothing. <laughs> um, you could go ahead and go to O-H... What? Oh, yeah, yeah. O-H-F-I-S-H-L dot com. And you can go there and you can find some pretty dope clothes, some good hats, some bracelets, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, I heard pretty soon they might have some... um, Maybe a a thick boy jump man headband? Maybe a thick... Eventually, maybe. Uh, I'm I'm pretty sure they're going to start selling um, masks soon. You know, get the the official... Yeah, Halloween's coming up. The the official coronavirus masks, you know, face Mm -hmm. masks, keep it safe. I wonder if anybody's made a face mask of the mask from Goosebumps? I don't know. <laughs> That'd be good. But maybe Homie Kaz can do that too. But go ahead to official.com. Um, use promo code Hollywood at checkout. If you're first purchase, you can receive 25% off. Yes. Designs are pretty fucking cool. Um, and you support our- local. Support, support local, local business. Yeah, support local business, small businesses, you know. You need your I'm help pretty right sure now. all that money goes to prostitution and drugs, but... Yeah, Nonetheless, so. support local business. That's right. As producer Nick says, it's good fucking quality. Live by your own rules. Um, you can go ahead and call 818-928-5379. Again, that number was 818-528-5379. I see the second the first time I can always get it. The second time I butcher it without seeing it, but mm-hmm. but I yeah. mean you could just write it down. Well, I had it written down, but then you decided to reorganize the entire fucking How about studio. You write it on this piece of paper. Fucking, you ripped it down. That piece of paper. It was on a wall. Put it on your phone. Even with all the stuff that we need to say Mikey's at the end of the show. In the Stone Ages. Thing. I had the phone number written, and Freddie's like, I need to redo the decorations in here. Yeah, it looks better. Except our time and clock is all whatever. Uh-huh. Yeah, our logo's gone. Nobody even knows what type of studio this is. They don't know it's a failing Hollywood studio yet. Well, I'm waiting on you to cut it out, motherfucker. You don't need me. You have the saw. Anyways, uh, we are part of a network. Inner Circle. Mm-hmm. That's right. You can go ahead to innercirclepn.com. You can check out all the shows with all of our brother podcasts, such as the Simmons and Moore podcast, mm. The Plunge, Shit Happens When You Potty Naked, HT Nas, that's the hashtag, no offense. Shit Happens When You Party Naked, winner of the 2019 Worst Intro Award. Yep, that's the third episode in a row that you had to <laughs> pull that out. You're just going after everybody now. And we also have our homie over there in Tucson, Arizona. Mr. Kaz at the Hood Diner. Homie Kaz. Homie Kaz. Official clothing. Official clothing. We had him on a couple weeks ago. Fucking killing it over there. His solo episode was dope. Yeah, it was a good episode. Yeah, dude. He fucking killed it. I love when uh, Homie Kaz comes in. Yeah. And then... Side. Um, the whole if you go, the inner circle also has a bunch of their original content, which we've been busting out like crazy. We have shows like the Winter Circle, 
Mm. Um, there should be a new episode that will be going live this week, actually. I think this weekend. So go ahead and check that out, I believe. I don't we- know about that. I don't like the hosts on that one. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Well, maybe you the don't female have female host and also the guy on the side. The- well, it's all right. You don't have to be on that show. <laughs> There's no need for you to come in on any of the episodes. So um, you can go ahead and check that one out. I think the, we have our returning champ, uh, Homie Kaz. Homie Kaz, actually. Mm-hmm. From the diet. He's going to be coming back and he's going to be... Speak f- of the goddamn devil. Yep, he's going to be facing Married AF. Um, that's Randall over there. Married as fuck. Yep, that's exactly what it stands mm-hmm. for. Thank you, Freddie. So go ahead and check that out and see how that goes. Fun little trivia show. Um, there's also shows like the uh, Inner Circle Sports. They've been coming mm-hmm. out. And then there's Creatures of the Night. Okay. If you guys are into um, mm-hmm. conspiracy theory shit, go ahead and check that out. They've been doing some work over there, too, with that. Um, yeah, just- I need to check in, but I think I'm going to be um, doing a guest spot on that with, uh, with them. Yeah, with them. Um, so... Yeah, check out those shows. They're all pretty fucking cool. You can check us out at Failing Hollywood at Facebook on Instagram. You know, we'll mm-hmm. be there. We'll be mostly there. the Instagram. Mostly the Instagram. Uh, we're on Twitter, too, at Failing Hollywood. Um, no D. Um, so we don't really interact too much there. We've been getting a lot of shit for that, but I don't know how to use Twitter. Yeah. So I mean, fuck Twitter. <laughs> yeah. Who's got so, the time? So that ain't happening. Um, I think that's it. Yeah. Yep, this has been another awesome episode of Failing Hollywood. Check us out next week where we have another guest. I hope. 